Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are very much knee deep in tech and we are now at Tech Days in Sweden. It is the 24th of October 2018. We are here. I came up yesterday, you came up the day before because yep. you did a pre-con yesterday. Yep. Tell us about your pre-con. So the pre-con was about how to enhance your on-prem workplace environment using cloud services. So it's basically a an enhancement pre-con. I don't know if that was intended as a pun. <laughs> I didn't get it though. But All right. I hope anyone. Is oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. So the the topic really was about hybrid workplace. We've been talking about hybrid infrastructure, hybrid cloud, yep. for quite a while, and now it's time to look at even the workplace as hybrid. So during the day, we went through basically Microsoft 365 and also a bit of Windows Server and looked at how can you, using cloud services, enhance your workplace. So one of the examples I had is about um, Azure AD password protection, which has been in, in Azure for a while, uh, and now it's possible to connect that to your on-prem Active Directory, which enables you to use a global list that Microsoft composes to you to block known or too easy passwords from being set in your on-prem AD. And you can also, if you have the correct licensing, add your own custom list to that and therefore prevent uh, common passwords like summer 2018 exclamation mark, which is probably one of the most common uh, passwords out there. Yeah, uh, it was a very good summer. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm kind of curious, how curated is this list provided by Microsoft it is is it would you say real-time curated and and correlated to threats yep. and stuff? Yes. okay so yep. if if a specific password is breached and used yep. very commonly it might actually go on that list instantaneously yeah and that may block you from setting a new password. It, of oh, course, yeah. won't yeah. Yeah. No, no, change no. other passwords. We actually were discussing that Oh, and by the way, yesterday. we change your password. We're not going to tell you to what, but nope. we change your password. Exactly. Uh, but it's actually really powerful, and it will prevent you, even as a domain or enterprise admin, to set Thank a, an you. easy password. That has been... Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that's welcome. So you can do use wildcards. You can't use variables, which is kind of a shame. Yet. Uh, yet. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's that's one of the examples. I also, and I need to mention this, talked about cloud printing or hybrid cloud printing. As for you people that don't see Simon, he's actually saying printing and smiling at the same time. Yep. Do go on. Uh, which enables you to publish your printers and printer queues to Azure AD join devices anywhere on the internet. Sure. And then you can print to your actual printer. Yeah, because a printer is in practice just a somewhat larger IoT device. Yep. You could make a case for that. Yep, definitely. Uh, so that's, it may not be cool, but it's useful. And it also, the reason for me showing it is that it incorporates so many different uh, solutions. So we use Azure Application Proxy, we use Intune, we use... Um, app registrations, we use um, hybrid identities, and so on. So it's it's a good way to showcase how you can use different Azure solutions, incorporate them, 
and therefore do something completely different. Well, I, I would actually argue that there are so many cool use cases that just stop at being a cool idea of a use case and surprisingly few real good examples of how to actually implement things. And while printers may be pretty mundane and everybody is of the opinion that the printers were designed by the devil himself, yeah. but everybody has them, everybody needs them, they're there for a reason. Yeah. So doing what you did in your pre-con is, in, in my opinion, one of the best demos or discussions like ever because yep. everybody knows what a printer is yep cool and no it, it won't solve many of the challenges as we currently have with printers when it comes to drivers and so on mm. but it will enable you to easily move off yet another part of your infrastructure to the cloud and i also um, discussed other possibilities for cloud printing as well that would take care of many of the other challenges cool but it, but it depends on what legacy you have and how to move that forward yep so i had a good turnout great discussions um super tired yeah it's, it's exhausting to have an and in practice a six hour long session and we we uh, talked about that very very uh, briefly yesterday so it's, we are both trainers and we've been doing training since time immemorial but it's not the same thing when you're actually going to speak for kind of six hours straight yep. there are no pauses there are no uh, places where you can actually breathe and let the students work because yep. you talk and talk and talk and demo and talk some more for yep. six hours straight. Yep. Cool. Great. And so we now have one session each at Tech Days mm. today. Uh, what is your talk about? My session is, and this is going to be kind of fun because it is actually called The Force Awakens. Um, SQL Server, Azure SQL Server for the on-prem DBA. Yep. However, I might have neglected to put the Force Awakens part <laughs> into the actual abstract. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's pretty much about what is um, databases in Azure. Yep. And there, there are several aspects to this because, of course, you need to ask yourself technical questions. Should you use Azure SQL Server, or should you just do SQL Server on a VM? Yep. Or should you do some kind of lift and shift into Azure Managed Instance? Or go the whole nine yards and go Azure SQL Server? And that's just a technical aspect. Then you need to ask yourself, why are you doing this? What do you want to accomplish? And that kind of changes the dynamic and the answers to the previous questions. What kind of technology are you going to use? And I'm trying to give a very quick overview what you need to do, what is automated, what is not entirely automated, what is kind of idiosyncratic, and especially what kind of questions do you ask before embarking on putting everything in the cloud? Because it's way easier to do it technically than it is in practice. Yep. And your session is going to be, oh, <laughs> this is going to be a good one. Yeah, so I'm actually presenting on Windows Analytics, which really, really soon will be replaced by Desktop Analytics. So, so how, know, how much overlap would you say there is between Windows there, Analytics there, there and There is the, actually plenty of overlap. Uh, it, it will be a good session, even though the, they will change name, they will change how it looks. Hmm. Um, so I'm basically going to view it from a Windows Analytics point of view, speak a lot about uh, telemetry, how you can use it, how you can incorporate this in your 
planning for both um, Windows as a service, Office as a service, but also when you uh, look at it from a health perspective for your environment. Mm. So do client monitoring and so on. Uh, and also gave a few sneak peeks at what desktop analytics will bring to the table on top of Windows Analytics using AI and so on, and how you integrate it with Config Manager and how you can integrate it with other management tools. It is so interesting to to hear one word being repeated over and over again with both of our areas, and that is telemetry. Because yep. I remember, was it Windows 7 or was it earlier that Microsoft started to collect telemetry? Earlier. Earlier. Yeah. And that was an outrage. Yep. People were batshit furious that Microsoft dared to um, store information. Yep. And this, while it has kind of changed over the years, a lot of people still think this is Microsoft spying on you. Yep. But when you look at it, nothing of what we do today is possible without telemetry. Because nope. telemetry really brings the power of the cloud and thousands and thousands and thousands of other users to your, uh, I would say, desktop in your yep. case and in, in my data center in my case. Take, for instance, Azure SQL Server and automatic tuning. Everybody who's been doing this for a while has seen a few of the automatic tuning tools out there, and they all come out with a bang and say, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Yep. We're not going to have any more DBAs. Everything's going to be awesome without DBAs. And we always go, yeah, about that. Yeah. And we... In the end, you need to have a person to sanity check the ideas that the the, uh, the system comes up with. And then we have the automatic tuning in Azure SQL Server, which is based on telemetry from thousands and thousands and thousands of other databases. That means that you can actually pick up a pattern that is not obvious in one database or two databases, but in over a thousand databases. And now we're looking at really getting benefits from putting things in the cloud that is not the most obvious benefit, but it's there. Yep, for sure. So much fun stuff. Yep, and then we'll head down to Cologne. We are going to Cologne. Yep, or Brühl. Brühl, yes, that's yep. true. It's it's 40-ish minutes outside of Cologne. Yep. In uh, Fantasialand. Yeah, to the MCT Summit. Yes. Uh, where we will have two sessions each. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't go into details on them, but I'll talk about delivery optimization and how to design your network to support that in a better way, uh, and also uh, automating Windows as a service. Yeah, and I'm going to do SQL Server hates you yep. again. The SQL, SQL Server really hates you. Yeah, SQL Server really hates me. Yes, that's obvious. And I'm also going to do talk tech to me. Yep. Improving I'm looking your technical forward to that. Yep. presentation skills. Yeah, it's going to be. Oh, yeah, you you haven't, I haven't seen, seen me. I haven't seen it. And you didn't see the recording nope, either. I didn't. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Yep. Cool. So it's it's as always it's a lot of going to and fro, but it's it's part of the fun. It's it is what it is. Yep. So what happened since last? <laughs> what happened since last? Well, a, a lot more things than we will be able to cover in this yes. podcast for sure. Um, so what would you like to start with? I I can start with with something I can talk about for for days. Yeah, probably. you have a huge Power BI. Yes note section and the thing is power bi desktop october 2018 was due to come out 
few days after our last yep. podcast and be, uh, due, due to uh, timing issues i i didn't have time to mix and record in, uh, or, or mix and fix the uh the recording until desktop actually was released yep. kind of weird timing but since then the feature summary is just ginormous there have been so many pivotal changes i'd say i'll just jump in and yeah, you, go you ahead you you have so many interesting words i know re- uh, you you can start whatever you like but i want to know about fussy matching i'm sure you do let me get back to you on that one so we have the dax editor dax is one of the fundamental languages of power bi it is based on the data analysis expressions from Excel. And we have always enjoyed, with quotation marks, a very rudimentary editor inside of Power BI. The, um, it, most of the time you just write your DAX outside and paste it in. It's that bad. <laughs> well, they listen to this, and I've seen some of the discussions on the NDA lists, and a lot of the editor improvements are due to requests and discussions from some of the most known MVPs uh, run, uh, working with, with the Power BI desktop. So the editor is way better, behaves a lot more consistent, and you have um, automatic moving things around with your cursor and stuff. Those kind of things that we, we kind of take for granted, but they have been absent from the editor. So that's a, a big big change. We have composite models and aggregation support. That's very interesting as well because composite models means that you could have some data cached inside of Power BI and some data instantly accessed from, say, a big data solution. So this means that you can actually have petabyte-sized models but you don't have a petabyte stored in the cache. Yep, which, which seems handy. Which seems very uh, handy. I, I would love to have a machine that could store a petabyte of data in its cache. I know, right? Uh, one, could... one of the th- first things that I say in my Secret Server Hates You is, have, has, everybody, has anyone seen this number? And I, I write a very big number. It's two petabytes. That's the default maximum amount of memory that a Secret Server instance is allowed to consume. <laughs> And I don't know about you guys, but very few of my clients have a server with two petabytes of memory. Just saying. I wonder how many petabytes of memory that Azure have. Ooh, that would be an interesting number. It would. How many petabytes of memory does Azure have? In total. In total. That's that's an interesting If someone discussion. can answer that, that would be great. <laughs> Yeah, and then we, we are slowly inching our way down to the fuzzy matching, but we're going to go for data profiling first. Yep. And this is something that has been completely absent from Power BI Desktop, okay. period. And what is data profiling? It is a way of very quickly, graphically, to show you how is your data distributed. Say you have oh. a table of names, yeah. and most of your names from A to Z are clustered around, say, F. That's going to give you quite a different distribution of data compared to if you have a lot of people on A and Z. Yep. And being able to almost instantly see 
how your data is distributed gives you a very good feeling of the data because what you generally do in Power BI Desktop is data exploration. And having this without having to go into Excel or doing something with, with another program is amazing. Yep. And it also, and this is very important, shows you errors. If there is some error in your uh, column, such as you have a numbers column, but some of the um, uh, some of the cells in include text, yep. they're going to show us errors, and you're not going to see that unless you turn on data profiling, because you're going to see errors five. So it saves you a lot of time yep. and makes everything much more intuitive to work with. And then we come to fuzzy matching. Finally, yes, fuzzy matching is pretty easy for a human and fiendishly difficult for a computer. Take, for instance, matching two tables with names. One of the tables has the surname in capital letters, yep. and one of the table does not. We see immediately that it's the same data. A computer yep. goes, huh? huh? Fuzzy matching allows you to match these with a varying number of fuzziness. So you can either go, yeah, just ignore the case, or this spelling is really the same as this spelling. Oh. And you can also go as far as this word means this word in that table. So That's you can cool. really control the fuzzy matching. I, I love when news in Power BI makes sense to me. And I'm pretty happy you say that, because I was just the other day asked to, to do... Um, something for our internal IT guys. And the first thing they said was, we have an issue with data quality because we have two tables with kind of the same data, but it's not exactly the same. Yep. So we don't know how to match this. And I say, I have the solution to that. Great. It's and, called yeah. fuzzy matching. Fuzzy matching. And people will laugh. Fuzzball. <laughs> right. So yeah, that, that's, that's all I'm going to say about... Um, Power BI, because otherwise we're going to be here until next week. Yep. So that was pretty much my fun step. What's what's happening on your side of the fence? So I have, you get to choose. Either you get a version numbered 1810.2, or you get Project xCloud. That was easy. xCloud. xCloud, go for xCloud. What is xCloud? Um, Project xCloud is cloud-driven, high-performance streaming gaming. What? So with Project X Cloud, Microsoft is building out the ability to stream high-performance, high-graphic games to any device. Okay. So cloud-hosted Xboxes, which is basically what it is. Right. They basically take apart an Xbox, put it in a, in a, in a blade... And put it into an Azure data center. Okay, one word. And oh. what do you think that word is? Latency. Latency, yeah. And I have no clue how they are solving that. But apparently, uh, there won't be such an issue. You should be able to um, run it over 4G. And we are talking high-performance, high-quality graphics, Xbox One X games, basically. And it should be working on 4G and 5G and be compatible with any mobile device and with existing 
Xbox controllers. This is completely... Uh, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. How does it work? Um, they haven't said that much, mm -hmm. to be honest. Is this like a prototype or beta or just a preview? Uh, you can't test it yet. They right. have their first Xboxes up and running, so it's actually possible to show it okay. and how it works. Yeah. But you can't participate in any kind of beta yet. Mm. Um, but yeah, so there shouldn't be any problems with latency, uh, multi-user networks, and so on. And this is the ability to for Microsoft to bring gaming into any kind of console using Azure. And like Mary Jo Foley said at um, Windows Weekly, it's probably only Microsoft that could be able to pull this off. Google is trying to do something similar, but they just don't have everything they need. Mm. They don't have their own console, mm. which Microsoft have. Um, Microsoft have the data centers and distributed like a cloud. Sure. And, and high-performance... Uh, networking for that. Uh -huh. I think Joan spoke about that their new um, cable across the Atlantic for data transfer yep. will support 100 terabit of data per second. That's kind of cool. Yep. Um, so we don't know that much about it yet, uh, but it's such a cool thing to show. And if they could make this work, which they intend to, and they will begin public trials in 2019. That's pretty soon. Um, yeah. So th this could really change how we view gaming and how we uh, look at consoles and PCs and mobile devices. Because with this, everyone can consume their games at any device they want, wherever they are, as long as they have a at least 10 megabit connection. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the funny thing is that I read something the other day that said one of the killer apps for AI might be something completely unexpected. It might be compression. And you can use AI, and it's been shown both in academic papers and in practice, that you can use um, machine learning and, and AI algorithms to vastly improve compression, both mm. when it comes to to actual um, bandwidth and uh, quality. Because what this basically comes down to is the problem of compressing a data stream and doing it over a fairly poor yeah. um, bandwidth. So, so yeah, it, it's very much interesting to, to see what, how this actually works because yeah. there's so many questions in my mind. Yeah, and speaking of that and in running high-performance computing in a data center. And going back to something one of the attendees of my pre-con said yesterday, mm -hmm. which you may like. We have, I believe we've spoken about Windows Virtual Desktop. Sure. Previously. And one of the cool things about that is that it's actually in an Azure data center. Right. Which means that if you, for example, use OneDrive, which and this is the only supported way to run OneDrive in a video, mm -hmm. Uh, and click uh, always keep this file yeah. downloaded. It will go instantly, regardless of how big this, the file actually is. Imagine that with a client-server application for SQL, when you have the exact same data center running your client and your client application 
and you have access to a SQL Server. Could be interesting. Yeah, because you have no latency whatsoever if you're in the same data center. That is indeed interesting. Yeah, and you can scale it up and down. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, we haven't discussed this, but I also I went and attended one um, session at CloudCamp last week in Dublin uh-huh. where um, they were speaking, talking about the future of RDS, Windows Virtual Desktop and so on. And the thing to remember there is that you can run Windows Virtual Desktop on any VM size you like, which means that you could take a Windows 10 machine in multi-user mode, put it on an either graphic accelerated VM. One of the N SKUs. Or on one of the nested virtualization VMs. We were able to run Hyper-V on a VM in Azure. This just became very Inception style. Yeah, and so cool. You're mad. I am. Cool. I, I, like I said, I'm in the sexy part of IT. You're in the sexy part of IT. Yeah. There we have the name of that episode. <laughs> sexy part of IT. And you know that we need to beep that out probably in, in some parts of the world. Sexy? So the cute part of IT. No. <laughs> so moving on to, they do this sometimes, the Config Manager product group. Uh, they released two technical previews in one month. They are not bored, are they? No, they, no, no. And it's it's not a tiny one. It's a huge one this time as well. And I would like to point out especially uh, one feature of it. You now have the ability to convert your existing applications in Config Manager to MS, uh, MSIX format mm-hmm. in an automated way. So MSIX is the new way to package uh, applications. Right. And now with this latest release, you can automate that you can take your existing applications and all of them and automatically run through all of them and convert them to MSIX. Okay. The good thing about that is then they are able to be distributed using Intune. And the part of the benefits of MSIX is that you can be certain that if you uninstall an MSIX-based application, everything is removed. That's you very nice. You don't get nice. any uh, Windows So the DLL beep is, is gone. Yep. Uh, you also get added benefits when it comes to patching, integrations, right. Right. security. Do uh, you actually patch it per se or do you just re- over- overwrite the MSIX? Uh, you can do both. You can sh- exchange it, okay. but you can also add deltas uh, yeah, okay. to it. Cool. So, that's, yeah. that's very useful. Yep. Uh, so that's included now in the latest, so 1810.2 release. Uh, you also have now the support to enforce a higher level of uh, of authentication when using the Config Manager console. Mm-hmm. So you can now enforce that anyone who logs in should be required to use Windows Hello, for example. Nice. Yeah, or MFA, for the matter. Yeah. Uh, also, a new management insights, which is also quite cool. Speaking about um, auto tuning in SQL, we don't have that yet in Config Manager. All right, but we can get management insights that will help us improve how we design and use our Config Manager environment. Right, and a bunch of other new features for collection evaluation, which is also kind of cool. 
new uh, abilities for internet-based clients, and also, last but not least, uh, changes to client notifications when you wake up a device, which we discussed uh, in a previous episode. Yeah. So much interesting stuff. Yep. And speaking of which, I was in Belgium and... You were. ...the UK last week. You were. So Belgium, that was data mines. It was held at a football stadium. Yeah, I saw the venue. Yeah, the, the venue was airy, I'd yeah. give it. Very lots of space and airy. It was a good um, turnout. The um, the feeling in the air, so to speak, was very, very good. Yeah, and that's vital. It is very vital. And and people were so happy and people were so, so, um, so uh, excited. Lots and lots of great speakers. Uh, super nice um, team behind yeah. it, so I was very happy. And Ghent was a beautiful city. Okay, I've never been. Uh, I've been to Antwerp, yep. but this was the first time I went to Ghent. So yeah, I, I was super happy. And then I, I jumped on a plane to fly to Leeds. Yep. And for Tech UG, and Leeds is one of these cities that has kind of shed its old industrial heritage. Or I shouldn't say shed. It is very much a part of the new leads going forward. Yep. So a lot of, of old stuff gets mixed up with new modern stuff. It, it's an, it, also an exciting city. But top tip, you might want to stay away from Leeds Bradford Airport. <laughs> you weren't too happy with that I airport. was not too happy with that airport. No, I was not. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. And just to pitch in. And I went to Dublin. You for did. Cloud Camp, and that and how was, cool was that? That was really cool. Yeah. Great event. Great venue. Super fun. How many people? 200. Cool. Yeah. Um, That's a good number. Yeah. Everyone's really pleased. And again, really good feeling in the air. Yeah. Great food. Oh, uh, nice. And, and the... So I need to put this out. I were able to convince Paul Thorot that there is a need and a use case for Windows 10 S. Because he's been kind of not very impressed with Windows S. To say the least. Mm. Uh, and, and that, that, was that is not as a doorstop. Doorstop? No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not as a doorstop. There's an actual use case for Windows 10 S. I'd say that a doorstop is a good use case. Yeah, course i can get that um yeah but that that's kind of cool yeah and, and that recording was super fun yeah. to be a part of uh really interactive audience um great to get paul and mario to go to dublin and do it mm. and that venue where we were they were recording the podcast and also where we had the um, dinner on the evening that was just awesome the old customs house in dublin Ooh. so everything is built in the cellar where they have lo a long hallway yep, and then small rooms on either side, mm -hmm. um, like vaulted ceilings, really, really cool venue. Nice. Uh, yeah. So we had a great event. I sure hope that we'll run it next year again. Mm -hmm. They probably will. I hope they will. Um, so you're going to send in submissions? Definitely. <laughs> I, 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 I encourage that. anyone and everyone to send to CloudCamp. Uh, such a great event. Awesome people that organize it as well. Micro Warehouse in Ireland. Yeah. All right. I think we're actually out of time. And I think we're going to get next week our next um, 
podcast I, episode. I actually think we will. We will be home. We Both will of us be for home. an entire week. How strange. That probably is the only week. I... I'll be going to Malmö next week. There you go. The so f- close. Yep. So. Well, on that kind of bombshell, it is time to end. Thank how you very much. How was that a bombshell? Uh, Sorry. How that not bombshell? Nutshell. Nutshell. On oh. that nutshell, <laughs> it is time to end. Thank you very much for listening and have a good one. Bye. Bye.